welcome to Dishing Heat with Wolfie and Big Shot Song. We're your hosts, Nathan Wolf and Max Song. Today, on All Star Sunday, we'll be talking about some of the worst All Stars of all time for multiple reasons. Both the worst All Stars who got fan voted in, and the concept of All Stars who were decent players, maybe on great teams, but got in over players who were having much better statistical seasons on worse teams. Starting off, who are some of your worst All Stars of all time? I think you'll bring him up earlier, so I'll leave I'll leave Kobe to you. I, when I think worst all-star, I think about Kyle Korver. Because Kyle Korver was... Let, let me pull up his stats in the all-star season. It was 12.9 points, 4.3 re- rebounds, 2.7 assists. He was shooting 53% from three, but, like, vote Joe Harris in then. Like, I... I think, watch. It doesn't make any sense. It was horrible. That's that's what I think about immediately when I think of horrible all-star. Yeah, like, it's... Honestly, it's one of the best like role player seasons of all time. Honestly, if you think about a guy shooting over fifty percent from three on the amount of volume and contest that his threes had, um, I mean the guy was basically fifty fifty ninety. He was this close, but I I do I do agree with you. Twelve points is not going to cut it for an all star. So while it was an awesome season, there's got to be a more deserving all star out there for sure. Yeah, personally, I when I think of worst All-Stars, I always think of the, the last Kobe Bryant seasons. In particular, I think, honestly, you could take all of the last three seasons. There's one where he played six games. I think he was a starter that season. He was awful in those six games, too. He averaged 14 points a game. Like, they just didn't make any sense. Um, the next two years, he was, again, awful efficiency-wise. You could argue he maybe made sense as an All-Star in 14-15. He did average 22, but... The effective field goal was at 41%. That's unheard of levels of bad. And the next year, 66 games, 18 points, but again, 42% effective. Honestly, all three of those seasons, if you combine them, he still averages below 42 effective field goal percentage. I know it's 19 points a game, but just because his name is Kobe Bryant doesn't mean he deserved three straight all-star appearances. I really don't get it. Yeah, but it's just the legend of Kobe, especially like after he after he got injured, he was just not the same player. Even like rest in peace, but he was just he was not near the same level. And I think I think similarly, D Wade was voted in um, a while ago with with um Dirk, right? It was like a it was like a legend All Star thingy where they actually I, I believe they actually got an All Star selection under their name for it, which is which is cool to see because. Like, when D-Wade and Dirk, I think it was, like, 2018-19, when they were retiring, they got, like, a retirement tour and everything, and they got an all-star selection, which is kind of bullcrap for them to get a resume boost. But, yeah, that that's also what I think of in recent history, if I think about bad all-star selections. Yeah, that was, see, that was annoying to me, because initially I liked it, because they called it, like, a commissioner's exception. And I was like, great, okay, it won't count towards their stats. And then I realized it would... And, like, D-Wade's not as bad. D-Wade was averaging 15 that game. He was actually, like, a spark off their bench. I'm pretty sure they made the playoffs that year. I could be wrong. They barely missed out. They were, they were, like, one game behind the eight. Right. Yeah. Did, did they lose out to, like, Charlotte or something? Or I don't, I don't remember. Lose? But I remember that season yeah. was, was like when, like, D-Wade hit that ridiculous shot off the backboard. And then, and then yeah, yeah. Against the Warriors, right? Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. The Pistons beat up both the Hornets and the Heat. That's what it was. Yeah. And then they got swept by the Bucks. Like, the Pistons made it, but then Blake Griffin got out injured in like game one or it was drumming and then they just got absolutely demolished but yeah um like it wasn't as bad for wade but dirks was awful it counts as an all-star game he averaged seven points and it was terrible like his worst shooting year ever um 
yeah, if those had just been commissioner's exceptions, that would have been fine. And they set the precedent to allow commissioner's exceptions in the future. So we may see this again, but yeah, they, neither of them deserved an actual All-Star. Yeah, and like speaking of All-Stars, though, this this might be going a little off topic. My mind just kind of went there, and I think it might be fun to talk about is like all NBA selections. Because I was thinking about like DeAndre Jordan making an All NBA first team a while ago with Chris Paul on Lob City. Like, do you think do you think a center can be made like into an All NBA player with a really good point guard? I mean, yes. Like, I think the thing that a lot of the the centers who aren't averaging as nice of numbers but make All NBA teams, they they often have the defensive component. Um, like I think of All Star Marcus Gasol, who was All NBA that year. Um, the one the year where he won Depoy, but he wasn't first team All Defensive, which is wild, by the way. That's a whole different topic, but. Yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely possible. Um, it's tougher to almost impossible in the current NBA because at the time, you have to understand that the best center in the league was DeMarcus Cousins. And in, I don't even know if DeMarcus Cousins is a... He's not a... I'm just trying to think who we classify as centers because we're probably not classifying Giannis as a center. But like, Jokic is better and Bede is better, right? Like, DeMarcus Cousins would not be a first-team All-NBA guy in the current NBA. So... I think it's interesting to think about. That's why we the center position just wasn't as deep right now. It's really, really deep. So I think it's tougher in the current NBA, but it, it's possible. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And like speaking of big men, another guy that made the All Star game that probably shouldn't have, and this this hurts me to say because I really liked him before he got screwed over by the government, got a bunch of like he played through a bunch of injuries and screwed himself over. Was Yao Ming? He made the All Star game every single year he played including his rookie season, which he only averaged 13.5, and his final season, in which he played five games. So, like, I, I don't understand that. It's because of his huge fan base in, in China, which makes sense because they literally bred him to make him, like, a genetic monster. But still, like, Yao Ming making the All-Star game, like, out of his prime, like, his prime was probably from 2005-2008, where he averaged, like, 22-point-something points per game um, every season, a double-double machine, basically. But other than that, every season he made it was kind of kind of iffy to me. Yeah, like China is one of the biggest NBA markets. Probably is the biggest outside of North America. Uh, for being honest, they, they they play China series games for a reason. But yeah, Yao Ming, especially that last year, the rookie year is interesting too because rookie year All Stars are are an interesting thing to think about. They don't happen very often. I believe the only two in league history are Blake Griffin and Yao Ming. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, like it, it sets a present. Like if he's one of the only rookie all stars, he didn't really deserve it that year. And that last year is awful. Like it's interesting. He's the only player ever to make an all star in every single season he played, which is kind of wild. But yeah, he certainly didn't deserve it many of those years. Just to look it up for the rookie thing, a lot of players have done it. Tim Duncan did it. Grant Hale did it. Shaq did it. Mutombo did it. David Robinson did oh. it. Patrick Ewing did it. All of these guys did it. All before 2000, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, my bad. Jordan, yeah, Hakeem. The, yeah. That's what this that was. It was before, like, after 2000, after Yao Ming, they stopped doing it until since, like, Blake Griffin was the most recent. I know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So, sorry. Like, since, I guess, since Yao Ming, they've only done it once. So, they, 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 they changed it. I guess they were doing all-star rookies. But at least since I started watching the NBA, since I was born, there has only been the one rookie all-star. Um, which is interesting. Right. 
Are there any other people that like are in your mind that were horrible Oscar selections? Uh, yeah, not like horrible, but when I start to get into this next category, is guys that like Kyle Corver is definitely definitely part of this tier. But I always think of the Marcus Saul or not Marcus Saul, Mike Conley year, Memphis guys. When he was an all-star in Utah, listen, Mike Conley probably deserved an all-star when he was in Memphis. There were some really good years. But he did not deserve that Utah all-star. They they threw him in as, I want to say, the third all-star on the team. It was Gobert and... Dimitri. Um, and Dimitri, yeah, thank you. Um, as all-stars that year, and they threw him in as the third all-star because they were something like the two-seed or one-seed at the time. They might have been the one-seed. And I, I get it. But his numbers just aren't all-star numbers. 16 points a game on solid efficiency, like good efficiency. He was on it. I think it might have been his most efficient year ever. That's great and all. But I don't know if we're giving guys like that all-stars. It's the third all-star, too. It's not like the second on a one seed. It's the third all-star. I remember at that time, there was multiple guys I thought were more deserving of that all-star appearance than Mike Conley. Um, and I just think it's interesting. When we're, JJJ this year is the same thing. We voted him in as the second all-star on that team only because Bean hasn't played a lot this year. And I get it, they're a high seed, but he did not deserve to be an all-star this year either. When I saw JJJ get picked, I was actually the, the most shocked I've been in a long time for an all-star selection. It was crazy to me. Jaron Jackson Jr.? No minutes played. His like his stats are pretty good when he's coming back, but that's not even all-star level caliber stats either. Like... Yeah, I get they're trying to account for his defense, but still, he hasn't played enough games for that to be a good enough sample size. So, I get trying to reward higher seeds, but uh, like Aaron Gordon arguably was more deserving this year because the Nuggets are the first seed and he's having an amazing season. So, like the Nuggets only got one, so I don't, I don't, I don't understand why JJJ made it. Yeah, like I think there's probably a guy more deserving than both of them. But to me, when I first heard it, my first thought was the same thing you just said. I was like. Aaron Gordon deserved it over. Like, if we're going to give it to him, I'd rather give it to Aaron Gordon. They're the one seed. Yeah, exactly. Um, He's, I mean, it's interesting because both of them are technically the third option on their teams, right? Like, Jamal Murray's the second option. Desmond Bain is the third option. Um, But, like, you can argue that maybe neither should have deserved it, which is fair. I'd give you that argument over the JJJ is an all-star argument, honestly. Like, it's just really odd to me. I just don't get those kind of all-stars. Um, I I remember it was the the Mike Conley. I think I know I wanted Bi to be an All Star over him, but there was someone else in a like higher seat that deserved it as well that just didn't make it. It's it's just really confusing why we're giving these guys All Stars. Like I just don't think I just don't think they deserve it honestly. Like I think it's just really unfair because people are like, oh, like he's having a good season, sure, but. If you just look at all stars in terms of like I don't know goat arguments or who's better all time like it's not fair for the players that like earned it and played like like an Iron Man essentially so I think it's it's just stupid. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people will tend to gravitate towards all NBA appearances over all stars for how good players were in their career. Um, there's guys that like will I just will never make the Hall of Fame like. Iso Joe will probably never make the Hall of Fame, despite the fact he's a seven-time All-Star, and he'll be, as of right now, the only seven-time All-Star, I believe, or maybe second. He would have made it if the Suns owner wasn't so cheap, but... Yeah, I know. The Suns finally... It's a conversation for another day, but the Suns finally get a new owner, and now they're... If they win a championship, after finally getting a new owner all this time, 
um, when they should have won it in the ISO Joe Steve Nash era. They could have won it even in later Steve Nash era, honestly. But their owner was so damn cheap, they were never going to win a championship. It's so frustrating. Um, especially if they win now, it's going to look really bad. They finally get a new owner and win a championship. Like It was actually the owner's fault the entire time. It was. Really Sarver is a, really Sarver's a clown. Absolute clown. It's so frustrating if you think about it. Like, yeah, it's 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 bad. It's really really bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. We wanted to talk about one more thing today, right? Um, it was like, what did you want to talk about? It was something to do with? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Top seed, like top seeds versus lower seeds. Um, yeah, even like, yeah. even like, yeah. If we go back to the to the Mike Conley year, even like I believe Jamal Murray probably should have been an All Star over Conley. They were a decently high seed at the time. I think they ended up being a higher seed after their like regular season and into the bubble. But still, like he was the um, the second option on the team. He got injured the second half of the year, but that doesn't matter. Like pre All Star break, he was playing. And he was playing better than Conley. Maybe he got replaced as an injury All Star. I could be wrong. It's possible that they they were going to give it to him, but it doesn't appear on his BR like it doesn't or, um it doesn't say that he's an All Star anywhere. So yeah, I just like I find it really frustrating, especially yeah, if we're talking about looking at like all time statistics and, and grading players overall. All star appearances can be important, right? Um, even guys like even all time guys when they make that yeah, that last all star appearance. It's just like we have to understand that these are all yeah, res as you're saying, resume builders. I think it's gotten better as of late. Let's look at today's like this all star game. The Pacers are the twelfth seed, they have Halliburton. Bulls are 11, they have DeRozan. Raptors are 10, they have Siakam. Um, then if you go to the West, the Jazz are 11, they have Lowry. Thunder are 10th, they have Shea. Warriors are 9th, wow, Warriors are 9th. Um, they have Curry, he's not playing, but they have Curry. Um, Timberwolves are 8th, they have Ant, right? I think it's gotten better as of late, just rewarding individual performance. But I also do think that seeding matters because if it's really tight let's say in a year between Jalen Brown and Bradley Beal I would have given it to Jalen Brown because I think it's more impressive for Jalen Brown to be doing what he's doing um or uh, as a second option on the top seed compared to Bradley Beal like shot chucking being inefficient like uh, on like the 12th seed I I don't like Bradley Beal as an all-star um but I think seeding does matter because I think it matters how much you contribute towards winning. Sometimes you can't do anything about it because your team sucks so much. That's like, that's like Shea on the Thunder. Actually, the Thunder's roster is not that bad, but like it's it's not as good. But you know what I mean. I think it matters. Yeah, I mean, even like the Thunder, the Thunder are just getting completely carried by SGA. Like it, it matters as well. Like he's played most of the season, and honestly, that team is bad. Like without him, they probably won maybe 10 games right now they're just a game shy of 500 it's truly impressive i think sga deserves an all-star appearance um a few years ago there was a year where he played like 35 games he averaged really good numbers really efficient um 50 40 80 like that year i think he should have been an all-star but their team sucked and he was another guy i think should have been an all-star over my colleague that same year uh now that you say this but yeah I, i think it's interesting we can look at years like um Bradley Beal didn't make an all-star appearance in 1920 when he was averaging 30 on honestly not awful efficiency. Call it shot checking, but it wasn't terrible efficiency. Um, they were a really bad team, though. 
Same thing happened with Trey Young. There was a year where he didn't make an all-star. That was a bad team. His numbers weren't awesome. I don't actually disagree with that year, but there was there was years early in his career where like he was he was good. He was averaging thirty, but the team was awful. So people debated it whether he should have been an all-star. Uh, both of those guys, I think, didn't deserve to be an all-star this year. I'm not saying that, but um, for sure, it's interesting to look at like is a guy shot checking and does that guy deserve to be an all-star? I think there's a difference between shot checking for say 22 three points a game on a really bad team and like what sga is doing this year a 30 bomb well sga is stupid efficient dude that's the best part yeah 100 like he's i love love sga and he's he's doing this on stupid good efficiency where he is like the first option at all times um down the stretch it's all him too he he is taking every single shot I and mean, he's not they're losing games like if, if he's not taking the last five shots of the team, I'm not excited about that as an OKC fan. If, if I was, of course. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because the NBA is... People who say that NBA is just getting softer and it's easier for people to score, it might be true. But it's getting more talented. The talent is ridiculous in the league. So if, if you see like a guy on the 14th seed averaging 30 and then a guy on the 3rd seed averaging 30, like it's no-brainer, right? So... I think it's really easy for people to score. Let's say, like, Larry Markkinen. You gave him a chance to to, to to blossom in his own situation. He went ham. Like, I think you could do that with a lot of players in the league today. So, averaging, like, 25, 5, and 5 doesn't even make you an all-star anymore. As we saw with Siakam this year, he wasn't voted in. He is now, but he wasn't voted in the original place. So, I think winning is going to matter a little bit more in the future. But that's also tough because the NBA is getting more balanced than ever before before if you look at the the west we talked about this a couple of episodes ago but the suns are 32 and 28 the jazz who are the 11 seeds six spots behind the suns are 29 and 31 three games behind them that's that's crazy so i think it's just it's ridiculously hard to choose all-stars now because um there's just too much talent based on talent though do you think do you think the nba should eliminate conferences because it doesn't always go to the best player because there are certain years, like I think next year, the West deserves more All-Stars than the East because the West is more loaded. But like then again, it, m- it might be too hard for some people to make All-Star games that way. Do you think that the West should eliminate East-West All-Stars? It's really, yeah, it's tough to say because there, there are times where I'm sitting there like, that guy should have been an All-Star, that guy should have been an All-Star in East and West. Um, they Like honestly, they probably should especially since the game... See, the, the reason why it made sense in the past is because there used to be an East versus West All-Star game, right? And that was the whole concept. Whether you agreed with it or not, that was the way it worked, and that was why they had the system in place, I believe. Now, the only thing it does is just kind of allow people to organize their All-Star picks easier. Um, it gives way to people not just voting, like, all 10 of their favorite players from their team. Um, I, I don't know if it's, like... Abolishing it makes sense, right? To not do East and West, to just like it, it makes sense in every facet. You realize people have to vote, and it just makes it a little more confusing when it's not all stars. I think you could do starters our conferences and just give us all the reserves. Like no one's voting on the reserves anyway. I like that. Like I, I think that's the right way to do it, right? Like give us the starters and conferences, but then make sure all the players who deserve to be all stars are all stars. Because whether you're a starter or reserve, in the end, when we look back a decade from now, isn't really a big deal. But what is a big deal is all-star or not. So I think that's probably the best way to do it. I agree. And I think... I think also that the NBA should eliminate positions for the all-star game. 
Because there are years where, like, what, what like, Carlos... Like, Carlos Boozer is pretty good, like, back in the day. But he does not deserve it to make it over certain, like, guards, for example. This year, like, there's no shot JJJ should have made it over De'Aaron Fox. So, you, in the reserve section, there's, like, one wild card, I believe. I think they need to make more wild cards. Because having just positions makes no sense to me. Because it doesn't make the best players in the All-Star game. Yeah, I, again, I think the starters should be positions because we need to, like, we're still trying to play an all-star game. So by the end, when we're in crunch time, we should probably have, like, a team of all-stars that makes sense, right? Like, the point of it is technically to build a roster for a game, even though that's not really what most people care about, if we're being honest. But I think, like, yeah, again, I think if the starters were positions and then we have maybe, like, guard, guard, forward, forward, three wild cards or something like that, that's better at least. I, I would hear the argument if you said just make them all wild guards. It's not like we're going to have seven guards as our, or seven reserves or whatever. So it's not. I don't think it's a terrible argument. I, I think if you combine all the reserves to not be east and west, then you could do three guards, four forwards, and seven wild cards. Like, that makes sense, right? Yeah. So uh, maybe there's a... Yeah, I agree. I think there should just be more wild cards. Not, not eliminate it completely because, like you said, there should be some structure. But sometimes just... I can't I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's some big men that should not have made the All-Star game because back in the day, they had it strict positions. It wasn't just like front court, back court. It was center, forwards, guards. Now it's front court, back court. So it's gotten a bit better because you can put like a forward to the center position. So that's why you can have um, Giannis, Tatum, and KD, right? Instead of Embiid stuffing. Like, yeah, that makes sense to me. So I think you should eliminate it slightly more to have the best players in the game. Yeah, the, the tough thing about positions, too, is we're, we're playing positionless basketball. Like, even, yeah, we were talking about Larkin, Laurie Markin earlier. By the way, to me, he deserves to be an all-star. He's stupid efficient, and he's leading the team. And I think talking about Laurie Markin is a whole other conversation where we speak about players. Like, yeah, you were talking about getting their own role. And, like, really quick, I just wanted to touch on the fact that, like, when he was with Chicago, they just made him, like, a run around the perimeter and shoot threes guy. And now that someone's finally letting him attack, like, and, and work on his own, he can create his own shot from there. He doesn't have to be a guy at the catch, but um, yeah, like it, it just, it makes more sense to, to have positionless. We're playing positionless basketball to have positionless all-star games. Like what do you call marketing? I would argue he's a small forward, but like there were seasons where he was playing center. I think he's a power forward. Mostly power forward. I think he's he a power, power forward. forward. Yeah. 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 But like it, if you called him a small forward, I wouldn't say you're wrong, even though the guy is seven feet tall, right? Like I, it wouldn't be fair to, Pigeonhole as a center because seven feet tall or pigeonhole is whatever position. Like, if we had strict, strict positions, it just wouldn't make any sense. I, I agree. Old all stars are really tough. Um, especially like I was saying, the center position wasn't deep for a while in the mid 2010s, and guys were all stars and all NBA guys that probably shouldn't be. Um, it's worth also asking do you think all NBA should be position based, and how position based do you think all NBA should be? I think it should be position based. I think all NBA should be position based because then we can say the best center in the league this year was Jokic, was Embiid. But then again, if you look at it, like, oh my god, Embiid not being a first all-NBA team while averaging 33-34, that's, that's a wild concept to me. But the reason why I think it's important is because it was always that way. So it's kind of unfair to change the criteria for all-NBA now because then the best center in the NBA might not make all-NBA first team, right? So... Uh, I think I think it should stay the same way for for all NBA. So, 
how strict then would you make the positions? Because I would argue you could have it like every position, like point, shot, small, power for or power and center, right? But you could say like what they like they almost bleed a position. Like a point guard can be, any point guard can be put as a shooting guard, and I wouldn't care. And any shooting guard can be a point guard. I yeah, yeah. Care. I think just guards forward center. I would, okay, I agree because like I think. Or even like it in some years, like it, it won't be this year, but like if you had a bigger shooting guard and you think they were better than the best small forward in the league, I wouldn't mind if you put two shooting guards there and a point guard. Like, I, again, if you had a power forward and I, you thought there was like two great centers and a power forward and it should be two guards, I don't mind going instead of a small forward, power forward, power forward center, or two small forwards instead of whatever. Like, I don't mind if there's two of a position. Because like, again, positionless basketball, I don't mind if it's close, right? It's, it's tough to say because I think the criteria for me changes every year because players are players are ridiculous these days, but you can't change that criteria every day because it's unfair to other players. So uh, I think it's really tough. Awards are tough. Yeah, it's it's just, it's really interesting to look at. Like even guys that you're like, no way he should be a, a second team guy or no way he should be a third team guy. And then when you look at it, it's like, who are you going to replace? Like all NBA teams become so difficult, especially when they're position based. And yeah, like Embiid being if Embiid is second team this year, that's insane. But it's very possible. I think he is going to be second team. I think that, okay, first all NBA team is going to be. Oh, your man's going to make it. Actually, Shea's going to make it. I think so too. Yeah. Oh, uh, because Curry's Curry's out, so it's going to be yeah, it's going to be Luca, Shea, um, Tatum, not Tatum. Sorry. Ah, uh, maybe. Giannis for sure, Jokic, yep. and then there's a forward spot open. I think it's KD Tatum. I don't mind if you like. I think it's Tatum. You can put, you can put KD Tatum or um, Embiid in there, and I wouldn't be mad. About can that. you put Embiid in it? Is it forward? Is it just front court, back court for all NBA? I like. I don't know if you can, but personally, I wouldn't be upset about it. That's what I'm saying. I would put Embiid if you if you could. But see, that's what I mean. Like the criteria change because he's not a forward. I would, yeah, I know. I, you can't really make him a power forward. You can't really make Jokic a power forward either. Yeah. Do you put like do you put KD or Tatum? I put Tatum because I love KD. KD's KD's better. I don't care. He is not close. He is much better. But Tatum has played a lot more games. He is still the top seed in the East. He deserves it. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's tough to also gauge what seed kevin durant's team is like it's the suns but like it doesn't count like he like how much I know. does kd even contri- contribute towards towards wins this year like when he played like he was amazing but when he didn't play when he didn't play like he, he didn't play a lot of games so uh, i don't know he's been injured he's he's old yeah and i think games played matters a lot more than most people do i think if a guy played like fifteen bah. more games than another bah. guy. How like? Bah. It's bah. tough because like it's kind of a dumb argument. Like he just he played fifteen more games. Like he was more valuable to his team, and he was more important, and he was better because the guy played whatever like whatever's fifteen points per game. It's like what twenty percent of the season more than the other guy. Like that's a lot when you think about it. Uh, there there's a cutoff for all NBA at least. Like there's a minimum of games played now. Um, what yeah, is it? I, you know? I, I think it's seventy five percent of the season. Seventy five, so sixty games. Um, maybe it's seventy percent. Katie, Katie can't. Oh, Katie has to play all the games, 
Almost, he's a, 58 is qualified. Oh, he can make it. He can make it. He needs to make. He needs to play 19 more games. Out of yeah, 20, 25, 26 left, I think. I think it's like 70% of the games. So yeah, whatever whatever that is. Yeah, he, he could probably get there, but he probably won't. I don't think Curry's going to. That's the thing, like, so yeah, like Curry's not going to be an all NBA guy. So now it's it wait, that's be wild. As... Not making all NBA as KD. Wow. Yeah. If it like, I think they'll still give it to him. Probably even if he. I don't know if it's a strict minimum. I thought it was, but now that I'm saying this, I don't know if it's a full, uh, like strict minimum. I thought it was. <sighs> yeah. See, this is like the criteria changes here for me too because KD deserves it, even though he hasn't played that many games. Because he's so good. But I, I, I... their current uh, what year was this article? I'm trying to find out if there ever was. There is a minimum games, minimum number of games now, but I think potentially we should raise it. Okay, fair enough. I I, I don't disagree with that. I think I think it is seventy percent right now. Yeah, it is. So it's fifty-eight this season. Strict rule. Uh, for league in the league and points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, or minutes per game. Oh yeah, yeah. For those, I don't, I don't think that's for all NBA though. I think all NBA is the same yeah. as all star. There's no strict criteria. There's like a vague idea. I think the vague idea should be seventy percent. Like I think if you're a game under and you really deserve it, sure. But I think if you're five, ten games under, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So like I think Zion could have made it, but now he's not. I think Zion could have made it. Too. I think he would have made it. Um, but he's probably not going to... If he plays again this season, it's going to be the last, like, five games he won't. Because he's out for several weeks after All-Star. That's wild. What? Like, what? Yeah. Oh, damn it. The Pelicans are so screwed. Yeah, they they, they look better once since Brandon Ingram's, like... He was bad the first three games. He's averaged, back, but... like, 30 over the last couple of games? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, once, once he, like, got back. His first two or three games were awful, and they lost all of them. But... Since then, he's been way better. Since they they got the first win, they got they three in a won, row, like, I think, and then they lost one. Yeah, then they lost one loss. Like the last loss was brutal, but yeah, he's been much better. He's averaging since he came, since he had the first good game, uh, thirty points a game on fifty five forty three split. Not bad. Yeah, mini KD. Um, he really is. He the Pals were first in the West when Zion was healthy. Like. Oh yeah, and they they should have been a top three five to five seed this year, but people underestimate the value of Zion. How do you? Because he's like a black hole. How do you? Everyone looks at him while he's driving. It creates so much offense. Uh, it creates so much off off ball movement as well. So he's really valuable. People don't see it. Oh yeah, but he's so valuable. That's how I, that's how I usually use black hole. It's like a guy who can't. I was so confused at first, but yeah, he like he just he. The gravitational pull of Zion, like he brings two, three defenders. Right, that's the word I was looking for. Black hole is like guy who doesn't pass the ball, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a guy muffle, who muffle. can't shoot, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like um, Russ. Yeah, or like um, I remember the one, the one year Luke Dort was on the, the that competitive uh, Thunder team with Chris Paul. Like, yeah, the yeah, yeah. until that one game where he made seven threes, everyone was yelling about how he's a black hole offensively. And he, gonna ruin their chances but matisse is a definition um, of a black hole matisse yeah matisse thibault is, is the black hole yeah 
But yeah, there there's like something to be said about how Zion should if he if he stays healthy, he will be an MB, uh, MVP at one point, or at least in the top discussion. He was before he got introduced, top five arguably. Yeah, he thing. should have been. They they were a top seed, and he was. He doesn't miss. He uh, he really doesn't miss. Yeah. Like the 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 efficiency for a guy who can't really shoot the three ball is is just nuts. Like he doesn't seem like a modern NBA guy. He's six six and he can't shoot threes, but then you watch him play and you get it and he can also pass like he can play make because he he draws in so many defenders that it's not that hard to play make out of it right like we have shooters now too yeah i like points on they need to run points on um they do yeah, this season I, they did i mean I, I didn't love points on like in his rookie year but since then i've really loved it like it was interesting because he really had developed the guard skills like as well and I always thought point Ingram in rookie year, but since then it's like point sign has been so so good because he he can pass, hit the handles much improved from what it was like it, it's it's really good. Yeah, like he's gotten better since his rookie season. People don't think so. He's just like ah, oh, it's Duke Zion. He's back. No, he's gotten better. He's gotten so much better. If you're watching, like yeah, it's it's completely different, and the, the team around him has gotten so much better too. That's the thing. Like there's so many defenders that make up for his. His main issue is, is he's kind of a defensive liability, but there's so many good defenders around. Why him. is he even a defensive liability though? Like he should be quick on his feet. He he should be athletic enough to keep him. He just he kind of dumb on defense he, almost. Yeah, uh, it's he just gets smoked off the dribble. Like he just can't move his feet. That's the thing. He he can jump and he can sometimes block shots, but he's not very good at that. Even if we're being honest, like he has the hyper athleticism. You're right. He should be good, but. He he just gets smoked off the dribble, and he's six six. So like, centers can shoot over him, right? Like he's not that good of a a paint defender either. He like he's built for it kind of, but he's not tall enough. Um, and then he can't he just can't guard the perimeter at all. And it's it's tough to like to keep him out there for that. But I mean, obviously the offense way outweighs the defense. And again, yeah, they can hide him now. But uh, I don't disagree. He should be a good defender. Same with Ingram. Ingram should be a much better defender. He's got the long arms, like. Yeah, he should be like. A, well, I, I think he'll get better. Like, look at KD. KD got him is a much improved defender. He he knows how to use it better. I think when Bi plays more games and he'll he'll figure it out. I think he'll be a good defender. Yeah, hopefully. I I think it's possible. I mean, the guy is he he is only twenty five, but he also has been in the league. He's only twenty five. Yeah. Did you know that? Really? That bro was like twenty seven yeah. now. Nah, he's been in the league for seven years. He's still twenty five, which is nuts. Man, he's damn. Your team is. Yeah. Uh, I thought the, I thought the Pels were a little bit older than they were. Then the Pels are uh, the, so the, young. I mean, the only the only old guys are CJ and um, JV. How old is Nance? They're, oh, thirty as well. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Which is so Nance is thirty, JV is thirty, CJ is thirty one. The the next the only other guy is Garrett Temple, but hopefully he retires soon. He doesn't yeah. play. He, oh, he plays sometimes somehow. That's the worst part. But yeah, no. Um, they're they're really equipped for the future. That's why, like, as much as this year is really sad, um, a year of getting better for guys like Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Bi, Zion, all these guys getting a little bit better. Even Najee could probably take another step. Uh, and honestly, CJ should lose a step going to thirty-two. Like, he should have at least one or two more years at this level of production. Same with JV. He, JV doesn't have to run or move that much anyway. Like, it's it's gonna be good. All right, I'm just going to ask you one more question and then we'll wrap it up. Um, this is this is my view as a Kyrie fan, your view as a Pels fan. If Kyrie wants to go there in the offseason for four years, 
180. Do you sign him? The Palace? Yeah. So we have to sign and trade someone, right? Like we'd have to trade away who, CJ? Yeah. But it's four-year contract. So he can't just leave. Four-year 180? Yeah. Is that even allowed? I think so. Because he wants... Oh, no, sorry. It'd be four years... Ooh. No, it'd be four years 200? No, wait. That's a lot. Oh, I thought if you were going to sign a max off a team you weren't on... Oh, no, you're four. right. It's, it's like four years 160. Yeah, because like if you're not on the team, you can't sign. That's why their signing trades always happen. But like he got traded again, so I don't think he can sign a super max. No, he can't. You're right. right. Okay, so let's call it yeah, whatever it is. Four years, one sixty. Um, if I'm trading what CJ and like a first for him or something. Uh, CJ first. That's not enough salary, I think. Um. Uh, ooh, CJ. No, CJ makes thirty three million dollars a year. Does he really? That's okay. Yeah, that's enough. He makes thirty six. Wait, next when does his contract 30. expire? Uh, 2026. It's the same. Oh, okay, then, then it's oh, good. The, the last year would create problems, but also like... Because there's something called Poison Pill if, if he was expiring, but he's not expiring next year, so it's fine. Yeah. No, I think it's fine. I mean, we could throw in another piece. Like, instead of the first, it could just be like CJ and like... um, What's his face? The, the quick... Tyra Lewis or something. Like... Would you do it? Yeah, I, I, think, I think you get better. I mean, CJ handles the ball a lot. I'd rather have Kyrie than CJ. I think Kyrie just does what CJ does, but a better. lot better. Yep. Yeah. Like, honestly, they're very similar. Like, not 100% play style. CJ's more about, like, getting to, like, his floater game, whereas I find Irving would rather get to his mid-range shot. But both are both take a lot in the mid-range. Um, Irving's a better finisher to me. To and you? No, nah, nah, not even to you. He's a way better finisher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I... Yeah, he's a better finisher, but like, yeah. and he's obviously a much better shooter. Um, is CJ a bad CJ's shooter? Great. This year? Oh, CJ's a great shooter, but yeah, like, right? Kyrie is one of the best long range shooters. Off the dribble, it's just insane. Like, and he can catch and shoot. So, if you want to play point Zion, it works. Yeah, and he's probably shooting the same clip as CJ this year, for being honest. But like, I I just would rather him in late game situations taking a step back. CJ CJ has been good this year, but he did have a little slump. Like Kyrie doesn't really slump for being there. If we're being honest, uh, to me at least, he has like he, gets, he, he has like two bad games, and then the entire Nets yeah. franchise would hate him, and then he averaged forty. Exactly. Like yeah. I, I would, I would do that trade if it's possible. Which it, it could be, could be. But I don't I, know if he'd ever come uh, to New Orleans. But that's another. Do- I don't. I just don't think he would. It's too small of a market. But maybe that's what he needs, so he can get away from all the drama. But yeah, whatever. I don't know. What do you, I think another debate is: Does he bring the drama to places, or does the? Oh, he does. Play? It does. But it's also because he's in a big market. I think it's a bit of both. Like, if you think he went to like Indiana, we'd stop hearing about him as much. I think people would care less about what he does in his off-court antics. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'd give you that. Yeah, and if people care yeah. less, I think he'd do less, and then it just it kind of die down a bit. Yeah, New York teams and LA teams, like California. Teams. I mean. The, uh, Sacramento Kings are not that bad, but like, nah, the Kings, Clippers, the Kings Lakers. crowd is great. Yeah, the, the their fan base is great, but they don't like. There's not a lot of Kings hate from like. The yeah, no one hates when the they're Kings. not. Everyone loves. Yeah, the that's Kings. what I'm saying. So like, if you're like, if the Clippers are playing bad, we're gonna hear about it. If the Lakers are playing bad, we're definitely gonna hear about it. Brooklyn or the Knicks, 100, percent we're gonna hear about it. Like, it's tough to be on one of those teams. Yeah. Wait, actually, let's talk about one more thing because this morning, K Love. Is reportedly going to Miami, yeah? So, what do you think of that? Uh, 
I don't understand why K-Love would do it because I don't think the Heat are winning a championship and I think that's all he's competing for. But uh, in terms of like fit, yeah, why, why would you not? They don't really have like, honestly, I would argue that they don't actually have a player who plays the power forward position. They don't. That's why I love it like, for Miami. Yeah. Like there, there actually is not one player who I would sit there. Oh, Jovic, I guess. Doesn't Sorry, count. There's one. And Udonis Haslam-ish. But no, you, UD... he's a center. At this point, he's a center. He can't move. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's ignore that and talk about the fact that they they're actually filling a position of need. He can shoot. Like that's that's great. That's all you really need for he play. He can play his position, and and he can shoot at that height. He he still can shoot. I don't think if he I don't know if he can do much else. I haven't watched this year. I watched last year. He was good last year. Like he was important to that team. He added that veteran leadership. He was like in the uh, sixth man of the year conversation. Yeah, he was good. Um. I mean, again, I don't know if the, the Heat position-wise and basketball-wise, it's a great fit. But if I'm K-Love, I'm going somewhere where I can, like, LA. I think he just wants to play. I think he wants to play, for being honest. Well, that makes sense because he won his chip by reducing his role. I guess he just wants to play again. He he wants, he wants misses his glory days in Minnesota, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it, there's there's teams that, like, could really just use his, like, veteran leadership. I thought Memphis made a lot of sense. Like, take Oh, yeah, that's from- a good fit. Yeah, right. Like, take the minutes from a guy like um, uh, Zaire. I, I don't. Know. I don't think he's had a very good year at all. Like guys like that who won't be playing come playoff time. You could play Caleb and said they really don't have that veteran guy. Like they have, they have uh, what's his name, Stephen Adams. But like, I don't know. I, I think I think he'd be really helpful as the like the veteran leadership there. Take Zaire's minutes away from him if he's still getting any. I know he was early season. I don't know if he's anymore, but. And then honestly, like when guys like Dylan Brooks are slumping or whatever, you could throw him in. Um, I mean, I'd rather have Santi Aldama playing than him, probably at this point, if we're being honest. But you know, he can still see backup minutes. I don't know. I thought Memphis was the first fit that made sense to me, but whatever. I low key wanted the Mavs to pick him up because the, well, the Mavs can't play defense anyways. They're not going to be able to play defense. I'd rather have him in the corner if Reggie Bullock is bricking four threes in a row. So, um. Oh, but, that, that's definitely fair too. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not a bad spot. Yeah. Anyways, I think I think we should wrap it up. We've been talking about random stuff for the past like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. It happens sometimes. Yeah, I think I think it was fun, anyways. So. Um. Yeah. So we'll wrap it up. This is our episode for this week. I'm I'm really excited to see the All Star Game today because they're drafting the players live. So I'm really really happy to see that. Like Katie, Katie, <laughs> Katie's gonna be in his street clothes drafting players. I wonder if Kai's available, he'll take Kai, or there's maybe some animosity there. Who who knows? Maybe. Um, so I'm excited to see that. The dunk contest yesterday was pretty fun, actually. Mac went crazy. Um, skills challenge sucks. They should replace it with a 3v3 tournament or something. Um, yeah. So that'll make it an episode. Make sure to check out all our socials. We're available on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. And we actually launched a website last week. Um, we had we had a guest on a couple of episodes ago, newer, and he's writing one or two articles a week. He just wrote an article about the trade deadline, and he graded every single team. Make sure to check that out; it's in our link tree. And actually, for dishing heat, we've started a new account because well, well, I've done it because I'm I'm a huge Kyrie stan. Um, that's called Kyrie Analytics. It's basically every single day since 2016. I'm analyzing a move that Kyrie makes in every single game. So check that out for sure. 
and on Dishing Heat, we post every single day and we post a podcast weekly. So make sure to check us out at Dishing Heat Pod on Instagram. Until next week, we're out.